It's raining. It's raining. My mind is going insane. Insane. Shut the fuck up, Drizlax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, do it. Sample that shit, bitch. Oh, man. <clears throat> Fuck me, I sound terrible. What is good, my people? It's your motherfucking boy, Big Drizlax, here on another fucking episode of the Drizlax Hip Hop Show. Eat a dick sack, beat a bitch quick, all up in descended to the next levels of madness. Bad bitch in the bad dress, slapping Cleopatras. Addicted to the shit like a fucking actress with the tactics of spastic, eradicated backflips. Yeah, that's what happens when you drink too much coffee in this motherfucker. And uh, yesterday I cleaned my fucking uh, roadcaster and now it's all out of whack. Everything's fucked up. All the levels are all over the shop, but we're going to fine-tune that shit and make it work. I hope everyone's doing well out there. Looking out the window this morning in Melbourne, it's raining and I fucking love that shit. I don't know why, but everyone's always like, oh, I love it when the sun comes out. I can go down Chapel Street and get a coffee and... Browse the shops and I'm like, shut the fuck up, cunt. Fucking, I love it when it's raining outside, when it's grey and shit and I can fucking create. Sit in my little studio and actually create and do some shit. Before I fucking continue on this motherfucker, let me drop the table down a little bit and get comfortable. Uh, I just want to apologize for being sick. I know it's going to come through on the MI and shit. I hope you guys aren't too disgusted by the fucking salivas and boogers and the and the oogie boogies and the fucking A-gowns. But um, just wanted to thank everybody for the support on the Willie Epson episode. Of course, this was a sensitive subject for a lot of us down here in Melbourne, especially our crew, the Rigorous crew, and... Um, it's never an easy thing to talk about and a lot of people like hit you up and they're like, how did he die and this and that and it's like, yo man, that, that shit ain't relevant, man. It's just, let's talk, let's celebrate the guy for who he was, for the music that he put out and, you know, Willie would have been such an unstoppable force, man, if he was still with us and 10 years on, 10 years passes and... We all miss him, man. It's fucking evident and shit. And Fizzer, man, just massive shout out to Fizzer for coming in and telling that story because he knew him the best. You know what I mean? Like Will and Fizz, that were just the they were two inseparable dudes back in the days, and they definitely had their own thing going on in the crew. And as a little bit of an older guy and an OG, I didn't really always. Um, 
I don't know, man. I didn't always really see things the way that they saw them. They were obviously influenced by different artists than I was coming up, but I always, you know, I never talked down on that shit, and I think it's relevant with today's podcast, with the Cursor podcast as well, uh, the transition into talking about who he was influenced by because watching this interview last night, he was talking about pretty much the same influences like Tupac and Eminem and... I think they were just a generation after us, so they were just influenced by different people. Like, we were influenced by Snoop and Dre in the early 90s. They were influenced by Curses talking about M and Tupac and Lloyd Banks and shit like that. So it's uh, it's that time, time frame, different time frames on what you're into, right? What's popping in the charts and what's readily available for you to consume without looking for it too much i do want to say that cursor is definitely in a lane of his own he talked about originality a lot last night and um i know that i've kind of been a little bit more in the more pure type of i don't know form of hip-hop if that's what you want to call it but i have a little cousin that's about 25 years old and 10 years ago he was watching a lot of the battles with 360 he actually he's the person my little cousin's the person that showed me the 360 cursor battle when i was like man i don't know about this shit man you know like I, all i knew was like trem wanted to sign 360 and 360 said no and then when did all this other shit so i was always just like yeah i don't know man but uh Sometimes it's like dudes just don't see what's behind them or they don't see what's to the side of them. They only see what's in front of them, right? And then you have other people that are just so talented and blessed in life that they see everything, man. They see the whole 360 spectrum and shit. And I guess sometimes being narrow-minded, which I was back then as well, and I'm I'm definitely fucking not anymore, trust me, man. Three or four years ago, for me, everything changed. I started looking at things in different perspectives and different lights and everything. And that's why I made fucking episodes up on my Drizlax Hip Hop show, the YouTube channel, um about new new rappers man talking about travis scott and talking about different beats and styles and new people coming through and i honestly believe that the strong will survive and the rest will get flushed down the toilet and looking at cursor man 10 years later he's still around and he's still more than relevant bruv he has such a huge fan base and it's so fucking dope to see when he talks about originality and He's one of the people that would be able to see 360 and no pun intended here, but like all around him. He's the, he just looks like the type of dude that most people would underestimate and they think that, you know, he's kind of like the underdog, but that's the, he's, he's a winner. You can fucking tell, man. With certain people, you can just fucking tell. And he's one of those people when he talks about the social media He's just like, yo, this is what I was trying to do with my YouTube and I kind of fucked up with the Spotify and, you know, I made mistakes as well in my life, but I wanted, I had this dream of having a house by the water in Sydney and fucking houses in by the water in Sydney aren't cheap, man. I lived up there for five or six years and 
different areas and shit, man, like crazy money. It's not even like you can't even compare Sydney real estate to Melbourne real estate because Sydney's just totally different to Melbourne. Melbourne's just so much more urban. It's like, uh, you know, people say that it's like a mini Chicago, like windy city. We've got the weather that's fucking moody and we don't have a lot of water here. It's not like we've got St. Kilda down where the fucking junkies are and shit. And um, you got $5 million apartments down there and shit, but you got someone shooting up in your doorway in St. Kilda. And the water down there is disgusting. I've never, I've, I've lived in Melbourne for fucking 16 years now and I've never went, gone for a swim down at St. Kilda. I would not fucking go into that water if you fucking paid me. Yo, straight up. Sydney, it's different. When I lived at Bondi, around Zeno's and Lamrock Avenue and, and his mum's apartment and places like that, man, down in Sydney, they're like millions and millions of dollars. There's nothing in Melbourne that can compare to that. I'm sure, I mean, sure in Turak we have fucking houses and shit that are like, there's one down the road that's 70 mil, but in Sydney, those houses are fucking everywhere, man, you know, so, um, but yeah, just the water and him having a dream and him having goals and working towards those goals and he talks about setting up his family and he's doing the right thing by his daughter and you can tell that he's come from a certain type of background, you know, where he's probably had to battle through his life, literally. Like we, we look at Cursor and the way that he had to battle in the scene and and to just get up and to be recognized and, and still he's like the first four or five years of my career people were just shitting on me like and it would have just been all the fucking hard rocks it would have been dudes like me you know because i wasn't bumping curses shit back then i got to know curses shit a little bit more through my cousin over the years and shit and he was always like i said just in his own fucking lane doing his own thing and the funny thing about people dissing is that those motherfuckers aren't going to put food on your table. They're not going to buy your CD. They're not going to support you. They're not going to fucking do a podcast about you. A lot of those dudes that you see leaving these fucking comments that are negative and shit are so unhappy in their lives. They just project that shit onto other people, man. And the way that Curse was dealing with it was he was literally just banning these people from his social media site so they'd have to go and write and whinge about him somewhere else. And he looked at that as free marketing and promotion. So, yo, the dude switched on, right? He's like, yo, man, I boot these motherfuckers off this platform. They'll go onto their own Facebook pages when Facebook was popping back in the days. And they'll just whinge about me there. And he was like, all fucking publicity is good publicity. You know what I mean? So I was just laughing when he was saying that shit. The interview was fucking fire, bruv. The guy, Doc X, I couldn't really find much about him. I googled some shit just before, scrolled through, and all these fucking things like files were coming up. I think there's a file called a Doc X file or something. So I usually just give up. This is one piece of advice that the Drizzlax is going to give you motherfuckers out there. Make sure that your name is unique. And when somebody fucking Googles your name, that your name comes up and nothing else comes up. So when motherfuckers Google Drizzlax, Drizzlax comes up, and I've heard all the fucking jokes over the year. Uh, fucking Jizzlax, uh, Driz, Drizzlax sounds like a fucking um, 
what they used to say, uh, like a laxative, you know, like um, shit that'll fucking make you shit. And I was just like, yeah, man, I'll make you fucking shit. And I'll come then fucking slap you around a little bit, you know what I mean? You know, I don't really give a fuck, man. Like, I got thick skin and I don't really care. But when you Google my name, you know what's going to come up? Me and everything about me. So to all the young'uns out there listening and shit, make sure you have an original name. Don't be biting other motherfuckers' shit like dudes fucking, let's say... You're called fucking Gargamel or some shit like that. When you type that shit in, what what do you think's going to come up? An institution that's been around for fucking 50 years with the Smurfs and the Gargamels and all of this fucking shit or your name. Like, think about that shit, bruv. You want your name at the top of the list. You want your fucking fans to be able to find you. And Cursor said the same shit last night. I mean, this isn't rocket science. Let's Let's be real. I saw the interview that he did with Spanion as well and, um, you know, he's an interesting kind of guy. Again, Sydney hip-hop is different to Melbourne hip-hop and then Melbourne hip-hop is different to Adelaide hip-hop and I've lived in all different, all three cities and I've thought about this many a time. In Adelaide, the shit is very, very, like, like pure, straight down the line and shit. It's like you have to be listening to DITC, you got to do everything properly. And there was something that Kerr said last night about these rules, right? And it was such an amazing and powerful quote. He actually said, they want rules, bro. They want rules for the scene and these rappers are breaking their hip-hop fucking rules that they're trying to set that don't exist. Like, think about that shit. Rappers are breaking their hip-hop fucking rules that they're trying to set that don't exist. Rules don't exist out there, man. They're only doing your fucking mind with your fucking, yo, we got to do this shit properly. But yo, let me ask you a question. In your left hand, you got a rap career. You got something that's going to buy you a house, buy you a nice car, pay for your fucking life where you don't have to work and answer to a boss and be your own boss and be the man. In your right hand, you have rules. Rules that will put you on this higher moral ground, but you'll be working at a warehouse for the rest of your life on a fucking forklift, working for some other dude for a thousand bucks a week. And don't get me wrong here, there's nothing wrong with making an honest living. It's not what I'm fucking saying here. You, you know, cursed last night, and I love to see him say this. Even he was like, yo, man, you, you need to have goals in your life. Even at worst, like, get a job. At least you're not sitting around all day at your house smoking bongs and doing nothing with your life. Fucking get up and at least have a job where you got money coming in. Yo, I know motherfuckers that are like 21, 22 years old. They drive forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 cars. They have deposits down for houses. They have their own houses being built and shit like that just from going to work every day. So, yeah, don't get it fucking twisted, man. Having a job is an honourable thing and being in a routine every single day and rocking up on time is an honourable fucking thing. It's a very honourable thing. And I just want to say that sometimes following these rules will get you absolutely nowhere. It's a, it's a handful of people that fucking judge you from the sidelines and they go, man, look at this guy, he's breaking the rules, he's doing this, he's doing that. It's like, fuck you, man, you don't put food on my fucking table, bruv. You don't pay my bills when my electricity comes in and shit, man. You know what I'm saying? You don't fucking dictate my life. This is my life, not your life. So shove your fucking rules. 
shove them up your ass, man, because I am fucking following your rules. I fucking feel really strongly about this shit. I really do. When I just started doing these podcasts and started doing my little YouTube videos and started doing all this shit, I was just like, man, you know what? I've been following stupid fucking rules my whole life, man. I'm not doing shit anymore. Not in hip-hop, not in nothing, man. I'm just doing my own shit. And if motherfuckers want to come and ride with me and if they want to support me, great. If they don't, fuck yous. Straight up, man. I don't need anybody's approval. So I really do hope that I can carve out a community of people, of good people, but... That whole judging shit and pointing the finger at people and this, that, whatever, man. Fuck that, man. But yeah, back to the old Adelaide, uh, everything's kind of pure. In Melbourne, when I moved here, I did notice that everything was a little bit more relaxed with the commercial side of hip-hop. But up in Sydney, it's just straight up like... In Sydney, they're just different, you know. The dudes up there are different. They like that jiggy shit and it's, you know, it's all right, man. You know, as a person that really loves West Coast music myself anyway, I like a lot of sunnier shit myself as well. We can't all just, you know, as much as I love East Coast rap as well, I can't just listen to that shit. It does really suit Melbourne, but at the same time, I need something that's a little bit more happy. I need music that has choruses and it has... Bits and pieces, melodies, man. That's why I love R&B so much, you know? And I know a lot of people talk shit about me and my R&B fucking infatuations and shit. There's actually an episode getting posted on the Drizzlax Hip Hop Show on the YouTube channel tonight. And I talk a little bit about R&B on there. So I know all the hard rocks are going to love that little segment. <laughs> but yeah, man, back to the interview. I just want to talk about how genuine Cursor is, how polite he is. Every time he interrupted the guy, he'd apologize. How many fucking dudes, how many rappers would literally just go, I'm sorry, man, sorry I interrupted you. And when he rocks up, I think um, the Uber driver or someone like dropped him off at the wrong place and he was just like, fuck, sorry, bro. Like I had to call you to get directions and he apologized a few times, you know, he's not bigger than anybody. He's a human being and he's fucking very humble and respectful. And you can just tell, man, the dude is just like, you were loyal to Curse, he'd be loyal to you for life, man. He's just one of those dudes. But he's also like, he's also fucking cheeky as well, man. And he's got, he talks about charisma, man. And he's got it in fucking boatloads, bro, straight up. So... He's definitely a likable guy. He's that character, you know, when they're talking about 6 9 and he's just like, yo, he's a bad dog for starters. But, you know, you got to respect the guy's hustle. And um, it's crazy, man, because Curse is talking about how much he kind of came up with these social media sites. And as they were kind of becoming bigger, he was becoming bigger. And he concentrated on his YouTube and views and getting paid and... It's crazy, man, to think that a guy in Australia could actually make something out of himself in this life and he's putting out hard products and record companies are like, yo, we need to print more CDs and he's just like, yo, what the fuck, man, this shit's crazy and he's talking about 
his CDs like one of the most stolen CDs at JB Hi-Fi and shit. Like, dudes just cruise in there and just steal like cursor CDs. And I did see, I was at JB Hi-Fi the other day and I did see a little section of DVDs. It was like Hilltop Hoods and Cursor. So there wasn't much there in the hip hop section, but it was like his shit was on the shelf. You know, he's still got hard copies out there and he gets paid for that, no doubt. So the hustle, I respect his hustle. I really fucking do. So a lot of people, he has a lot of diehard fans. He was talking about how a lot of them had tattoos of him and these like two chicks had cursor tattoos on their asses and he's just like, yo, man, like what happens in 10 years' time when you get married? Like how are you going to explain that shit to your hubby? And he was just laughing like... He's so fucking, he really is a genuine guy, man. He he says what he feels, he does what he says, and he's, you could tell he's a hard worker. And I respect the fuck out of this interview. It's crazy that he hasn't really done an interview in seven years, he was saying, because he had a bad experience on Channel 10. But you know, you don't go into those type of fucking situations, man. Those motherfuckers, they're, they're ruthless. They have no backbone and shit. And people like Cursor who are fucking genuine people, people that have a lot of heart, don't belong in those situations. But the interviewer, I haven't seen it, but the interviewer said that he handled himself well. And I wouldn't expect anything less from Curse, man. You could tell the dude knows how to fucking handle himself. Speaking of his fans, he was saying that he was at a show one night and a young lady approached him and she looked him in the eye and she said, you know, you are the reason that I didn't kill myself. And he's like, yo, how do you respond to something like that? She lost their boyfriend and he, it's like a wake up call for him as well. He's like, holy fuck, like my music really is out there helping people and this is real. This is very fucking real. And there are a lot of people out there going through similar things. And, you know, I've known people here in Melbourne that have passed away from taking too many Zannies and overdoses and this and that and whatever. And the, all of this shit is very real. Anxiety and mental issues and all that kind of stuff. So when there is someone like Cursor who's making a difference in people's lives, I'm all for that shit. Straight up. I'm all for that shit. I think it's fucking dope. And we need more people like that out there. We need to give people that don't have a voice a voice. And we need to give them someone to help them. Look, somebody that they look up to. Somebody that can guide them in a certain direction and go don't go down that fucking path go down this path and you might be a lot more happier and things might work out for you a little bit more and i honestly fucking couldn't imagine what curse has been through um i have battled my own demons as well throughout the years and i'm not going to talk about that and I think it takes a lot of courage to talk about those things like they were talking about on Bad Habits. Bad Habits is him pouring his fucking heart and soul out talking about his Xanax addiction. And we've all fucking been there, man. I had problems with those little fucking bricklies myself, you know what I mean? Not good. Not good. And it can lead to other things as well, man. And when you just... I don't know. When you just suppress 
feelings and when you bury things and you run away from things and you're not dealing with things, it's not healthy. So getting cleaned up, I commend him. And if there was one message that I could give to him is uh, you need to ditch the fucking fags too, brother. Um, like he's going to hear this shit, but... <laughs> You know, it's like the ciggies, man. Um, I, I haven't smoked for three years now and I smoked for almost 15 years and shit. I think a little bit more actually, but I worked out. It's so funny. Everyone will always tell you like, yo, man, fucking you got to quit smoking for your health. For me, it was never about the health. For me, it was about the money. When you want to fucking get a wog to stop doing anything, bruv. You just talk about, you get them to talk about the money side of things and they'll start thinking, trust me, bro. Fuck, they'll be like, fuck the health, man. You know what I mean? But like, you tell me that shit's costing me six grand a year. That's what it was costing me. I was smoking Rollies, champion fucking Ruby Reds and the papers and this, that, whatever, man. Like, it was costing me a little bit over six grand a year. So to think that the last three years that I haven't had a cigarette, is 18 grand and I've put 40,000 into my studio. Dudes talk about not having the same opportunities and not being able to do certain things. Brother, quit smoking. Build a fucking studio. You buy a camera, a microphone, a podcast fucking machine and a podcast microphone and you're going in a completely different direction. I know there are a lot of people as well that have struggled with addiction that they just... They kind of go like, leave me alone with the ciggies because that's my last thing and I need to fucking have something to enjoy. So I understand that as well. But yeah, man, personally, I fucking never felt better. The first six months for me was so hard. And then after that, I wouldn't fucking smoke now if you paid me to do it. I wouldn't smoke now if you gave me like a yearly subscription fucking free tobacco. I'd be like, nah, man, I like tasting food too much and shit. So... Yeah, man, the interview was fire. Like I said, I wish I knew more information about DocX. I have no idea who the dude is, but the Sydney rap scene's always been a little bit different to everywhere else in the world, and dope to see Cursor still making moves. I really am looking forward to his 10th album. He said he's not rushing the shit, which is dope. One piece of advice that I could give on that as well, don't overwork your album if you want it to be a classic because tightening things up too much and making everything sound fucking perfect, you know, it can really hinder the quality of the work. Some of the dopest albums in hip-hop history are the ones that aren't cleaned up, are the ones that the beat isn't always clicking on time, where things aren't always hitting on that metronome and all that shit. So don't overwork it. Don't over engineer it where everything's just clean and crisp like have, make sure there's dirty bits in there that's how you have a fucking classic hip-hop album i've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately as well and like a lot of the dudes that have these albums that are like the biggest albums of all time over in the states and shit especially in the late 80s early 90s to the 2000s and shit are albums that were just rushed through you know, they were talking to Scarface about Mr. Scarface and a few other albums. And he was just like, yo, man, we made all this shit in like overnight, you know, and we just put it out. And they became classic albums because everything wasn't over-engineered and everything wasn't fucking totally cleaned up and thought through. You got to leave things grimy. These little sounds make a difference when things are off. 
when they're a little bit off in the background, the dirtiness and the griminess, they're the albums that really become big, big fucking albums. But yeah, what do I know? I've never put a fucking album out, but I am a fan, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, just wanted to do a quick little fucking podcast today. I've got a hip hop episode just of my pickups, vinyl pickups coming out at five o'clock today. And I have uh, my EDC channel coming out on Thursday and I just wanted to do this podcast because the Willie podcast was a couple weeks back and I just wanted to uh, make something new and um, I thought this was a perfect opportunity. I watched the interview last night. It was gangster as fuck. I wasn't even going to make a podcast about it, but then this morning I woke up and I'm like, man, why don't I just fucking talk about that curse interview, man? It's dope. So... I feel like he got fucked over so badly on this fucking Channel 10 shit as well that he just stopped putting himself out there. But I wish he just fucking... He needs to just do interviews with people that are fans of his, not fucking hyenas and wolves that are trying to fucking crucify him for some shit that he doesn't even fucking know or he's not a part of, whatever. So I hope that he does more interviews. I hope that he does podcasts and... I'd love to have him on the show here at the Drizlax Hip Hop Show. Maybe we could talk about business and that's that's the type of shit that I'd love to talk to him about, business and he's talking about real estate and how people can change their lives, man, and how just by doing your own thing and staying original and it might not always be easy, but becoming a household name and shit, it's, it's crazy. Like the, the craziest thing about the uh, interview last night there was a lot of good moments, and but he talks about Nordica sponsoring him to this day, and he's like, "Yo, I got a box from Nordica today." How many other fucking hip hop heads, rappers, or whatever the fuck in Australia can say that? I know this kind of shit happens in America all the time, but in Australia, shit like that doesn't happen. Nordica as well. This isn't like some fucking small little label that's like Fat Farm or some independent old school label, this, that, whatever. This is fucking Nordica, man. I can't tell you how much money I've spent on Nordica clothes, man. Back in the days, I had mad Nordica jackets and shit. It was like my favorite shit to wear, man. Polo, Nordica. That tennis instructor vibe and shit. Oh, that line still gets me, man. Sorry, curse. That 360 line still fucking fire all these years later and shit. Fuck, if you guys haven't seen that battle, man, it's just one of the most classic battles of all time. 360 adjusts his hat about 20 fucking times, which is a little bit annoying. There was a comment on there in the in the battle when the dude's like, I wonder if 360 actually found a comfortable spot for his hat. And there's like fucking thousands of likes underneath it and shit. I was laughing so hard, man. But dope battle. It's been a big journey, man, for Curse. And it's been amazing to see the next generation like my cousin get into hip-hop because of him and um i commend the dude man straight up i really love the fact that he came and did this interview because you can really see how genuine curse is man i fucking love it he just he just says what he means and he wears his heart on his sleeve and you can fucking tell that he likes to have a laugh and it's dope man it was really dope so i hope that he does a few more interviews in the future 
there's always a spot for an interview here at the Drizzlax Hip Hop Show with Curse, man. I opened my door for that motherfucker straight up. Welcome anytime if you're in Melbourne, bruv. If you ever fucking hear this, man, come chill at the crib. I'm near Chapel Street. If you want to fucking do it over the phone as well, as long as you got MBN and shit, we can do that too. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, man, um, law of attraction, man. You put that shit out there sometimes. That shit kind of happens, man. I really do believe in these things and being positive and creating and doing uh, great things in life and fuck the rules. Let me read out that little quote again. They want rules, bro. They want rules for the scene and these rappers are breaking their fucking hip-hop rules that they're trying to set that don't exist. You know what I mean? You want to live by rules? Just know that you're going to hinder your fucking success and one day you'll be working at a warehouse. If you're a talented-ass motherfucker, stop paying attention to what everybody else is saying. Carve your own fucking lane out. Do your own thing. Hit up fucking brands. Hit up sponsors. Start fucking doing things. Putting things up on YouTube. You'll be surprised, man. People will come to you. Get that email list happening. Get your little YouTube fucking thing happening. Get your little podcast up and shit like that. Fuck what all these other motherfuckers are saying. This is my quote. And you can quote the fucking Drizzlax on this shit. If you're not putting food on my table, if you're not paying my bills, all that stuff, if you ain't putting petrol in my car, shit like that, you don't get a fucking say in my life. If you want to ride with me, on the other hand, and create a community and do something dope and be positive and support, you're more than welcome. Straight up. Drizzlax Hip Hop Show, man. I'm going to leave it there. The Cursor interview's fucking absolute fire. Let me just um, bring this shit up right, right quick. This is what you need to type in. So the episode is called Doc X Double Doc Cursor Reflects on Career Aussie Music Scene, The Kid, Leroy, Quitting Xanax, and more. Ta Taha Aksayed. See what I'm saying with the name and shit? How I started the podcast with the name? Taha Aksayed. Man, there is no way I could ever remember that, man. You need to change the name of your channel, my G. Straight up. I'm just trying to give you some advice, man. You did the cursor thing and you did the Spaniard thing and I think it's fucking fire, man. Just make it a little bit easier for people to find you and you're going to be doing well. Keep doing the interviews. I fucking enjoyed them. Stop stroking your fucking beard so much and being... Uh, you know, so deep in thought, man. Be a little bit more engaging with the people that you're interviewing. Maybe, um, you know, just uh, connect. When I do podcasts with other people, man, I really connect to who they're, who they are and what they're saying. And, um, you know, I'm sure it'll come in time, man. You seem to be doing well, man. It's got 32,000 views already. So it was only posted two days ago. So you're doing well, brother. Just fucking keep doing and analyze the interviews and, and see what you're doing wrong and what you can approve on. And I think you're going to be fucking, you're going to be dope and set and whatever the fuck. Curse. Um, yo, you need to do more interviews, brother. Straight up. Your genuine fucking aura and um, just charisma and the way that you are is very, very real, and I think that a lot of people will fucking ride with you, and uh, 
I'd love to hear more. I really would love to fucking hear more, man. And like I said, if you ever want to come and do this podcast with me and shit, hit me up. I'm going to leave it there. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Once again, I'm sorry for being so fucking nasally. You know me and you can't fucking keep the drizzlax down. i got a lot of content coming out and um, onwards and upwards, right? Always with the positive shit. Fuck the negative motherfuckers. Think things into existence. Keep building. Do you. Do your thing. Quit smoking. Buy a camera. Do positive things. Do interviews. You know what I'm saying? Write raps. Start social media fucking sites. Start paying attention to how things are working online and everything that you need to learn is on fucking YouTube. Do you build? And I'm leaving it there. Till the next time. It's been your boy, Big Drizzlax. Peace, you bitch-ass motherfuckers. Fucking uh, pork roller. I'm getting a car in a minute and get the fucking pork roller to Chapel Street and fucking seven dollar. You fucking.